Welcome to Younger Older. This is Dave Wager with the Relate365.com leadership team. And if you're with us last time, we were talking to Tim and Abaya Brown. They're former MBI students now in ministry at, what is the name of that place? Cranhill Ranch. Cranhill Ranch. So you can check them out on the internet if you'd like to. Uh, and you can even contact them probably through there and ask them if mm-hmm. everything they said here was coerced or actually they meant <laughs> But we do invite you to uh, check out Nicolay Bible Institute as well. Both of them mm. are Nicolay Bible Institute graduates. Yes. And now they're back on a marriage retreat weekend, just enjoying each other, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And that's what the design is for this weekend. Yes. Uh, are you having a good time so far? We are. It's been a blessing um, just to be able to talk with some other people and feel uh, like we're getting poured into. and. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, very good. Now, let me ask you this. Do you guys love God? Yeah. Yes. Do you act like it? Certainly. I would hope so. All right, just asking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, those are the simple questions I like asking. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, those are the questions that some of the people that I get to share with and speak with remember mm-hmm. years later. Yeah. And they said, you know, remember when you asked me if I loved God and if I acted like it? I've never forgotten that. Mm-hmm. I had a little old lady say to me the other day because we were hosting senior fall dinners and she said, do you love God? And I said, well, yes, I do. And she said, I could just tell because you have a beautiful soul. There you go. And after she got off my wagon ride, she said, next time I see you will be in heaven and gave me a big hug. She didn't say that to me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, do you guys, uh, do you enjoy being married? We do. Yeah. Not for the reasons I thought I would, but yeah. I mean that too. Just Mm -hmm. act like it. Yeah. yeah. That to me that's the simplest most profound thing that we can do in life is act in accordance with what we believe. So if you think that your relationship with God is important, then act like it. Mm. If you enjoy being with God, well act like it. If you enjoy being with e- each other, act like it. I mean, that's all. And if you have to act and it's really pretend then you got to back off a little bit and ask, why is it that it's this way? Because um, I've asked many people when they come and say, yeah, I want to get in good shape and eat right. I said, well, act yeah. like it. Yeah. What do you mean, Dave? Are you intentional about your diet? And I, No. Well, then you don't want to do those things. What is this, all words? Mm-hmm. So if you want to do something, you got to be intentional. Question for you. You went from Nicolay Bible Institute. You said something about Moody Bible Institute. Did you go there? Yes, I did. And Abaya, did you go there? I did not. I worked while he went to school. And you worked where? In the Chicago area? Yeah, in the Chicago area. We lived downtown, and I worked at an animal hospital. Okay. Yeah. And you you were going to Moody Bible Institute. Did you graduate from there? I did. Yeah, I graduated. So that's a little bit more of a formal educational institution Mm -hmm. than NBI. Yes. Now, MBI, NBI, I better say these out. <laughs> yeah. Nicolay Bible Institute and Moody Bible Institute. Moody is yes. a little bit more formal, a lot more students. Yes. So what did you find different? And I'm not trying to bash either one, but what's mm. the difference between like a bigger organized uh, school like Moody Bible Institute mm-hmm. and a smaller Nicolay Bible Institute? I've, I've examined this a lot, and I think the two, the greatest thing that Nicolay gave me um, was a heart ministry a heart for God and I think that the biggest thing Moody Bible Institute gave me was um, how to do that not better but how to do that more um, theologically um, philosophically stuff like that it gave me the tools to enhance what I already had from Nicolay okay so it was a continuation a continuing growing now you had to take classes you already took here actually I you didn't I actually I got to uh transfer some of my credits oh good you're one yeah. of the few that did that but so. i fought and fought but i was one of the very few <laughs> yeah well good for you yeah I, we 
oftentimes people have to go there and retake classes. And again, mm-hmm. if you're retaking an Old Testament survey, that's not going to hurt you. Mm. No. This is not something that you should whine too much about. Right. Because it's probably going to be good for you down the road. Now, your educational background then, uh, has it helped you as you went on your journey to get your job? Is it important that you graduated from Moody? Um, I believe so. Um, I believe that Moody gave me the tools I need. Um, it, it let me clap a lot of hard lessons that I never had to do in real life. Um, it also equipped me um, professionally on how to handle stuff from a manager's perspective. I was a youth pastor um, after graduating for a while, and um, I just graduated, went right into youth pastor, and it was kind of an even flow of I know what I'm, I know what I need to know to get stuff done properly. So I think it was very beneficial for me. But it's, I wouldn't say it has to happen for ministry, but it definitely helps out a lot. Okay, well, now you're thinking in life, you guys are young, you, you don't have any kids. Correct. And, and you're looking forward to life together. What, what are your plans? What would you like to see God do with you 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Have you thought about that? Oh, man, that's a hard question. Yes. <laughs> yes. You have thought about it. Now, you don't have to share. I mean, if you don't want to, but I'm, I'm wondering, if you're thinking long term, what are you asking God to do? I think... We knew before getting married when we entered into a a relationship that we wanted to love God and love his people. And Mm -hmm. that came through serving people. And so uh, we loved our experience in camping ministry at Silver Birch Ranch. And so uh, we wanted to work at either a church or a Christian camp. And I see that like we recognize that working in a Christian camp, it's not just a regular job. You don't go in at eight and come home at five. Like it's a lifestyle. Um, and it's one that I see us pursuing mm-hmm. for a long time. Okay. And it's just how we see God has called us. Now, yeah, obviously that then money isn't the main factor in what you're doing. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so let's get into another area then. Why, why is it that Christians and people in general don't pay for what they get at Christian camps and other places that are called Christian? Mm. Is it got no value? Is it not? I mean, here too, at Silver Birch Ranch, yeah. if we're full, mm-hmm. you know, we collect about 75% of what it costs us to remain open. We can't even charge full price or mm-hmm. people won't come. Yeah. Right. So can you help me? What What's with your generation on this one? Nobody think, wants to pay full price? I think it's very much a consumer mentality of what am I going to get out of this? They think mm-hmm. of going to camp as more of a Disney World experience than a... Um, Transformative experience. Yeah, which mm-hmm. obviously we believe that. But they're going to pay full price for Disney World. I know. And they still go. Yeah. I, I'm i not totally sure what the disconnect there is, okay. um, but I we see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering because I think young people like yourself, first of all, if I could mm-hmm. give you advice, I would say don't worry about the money you make anyway. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a, a young couple this morning and just talking about what a privilege it's been. Now, I've, I've been here all 50, this will be 53rd summer coming up, so it's been a long time and almost 40 years full-time. And I still, if you pinned me down, I would not be able to tell you what I make hmm. because I just don't think about it. And hmm. at the same point, I've been able to live my life in a way where I do something every day that I enjoy doing, and I don't think I've gone to work yet. Mm. So when people come and say, do you want to retire? It's like, from what? Yeah. I mean, what what would I do? Get up and look at a wall? Right. I mean, Abaya, what was the chaplain? What did he say this summer? That the closer you are to the battle, the less you care about the details? Yeah, the closer you are to the battle, the less you complain. Yeah. yeah. And I think that we get so caught up as 
generation and just the world is we get caught up in all these details of expectations of what we think we want um but when we're in the thick of it in the thick of ministry and and the heart of the issue there's a lot less complaining because we realize um what the real goal is and the weight that that brings and that's a transformative experience the Mm -hmm. the um motto or tagline that we have at the camp that we're at now is transforming lives into the image of christ and the one that we had at silver birch was uh, knowing god and making him known and those are the things that matter right yeah when you go through life it's interesting um so many people today are looking at a human in a human way to try and figure out how am i going to make a living how are we going to have enough to survive? How am I going to have enough to one day retire? Mm-hmm. And and the thing that I keep wondering is, who is it that you serve? Mm. I mean, do you serve God? Then act like it. Right. Yeah. I mean, can he not supply your needs? Is he not capable of supplying your needs? Or is it that we look at a world that has a certain threshold for this is what poverty is and this is what it's like to... You know, is it a sin to be poor? Certainly not. Is it a sin to be rich? Certainly not. So these things do not drive us either way. Right. No, they're they're a blessing either way. Yeah. Is it a sin not to do what God wants you to do? <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> okay, this isn't rocket science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if really God puts it on your heart to serve him and love him and work in a ministry, mm-hmm. then whatever you make, Go ahead. I would ask what your God is. Yeah. 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 In fact, you'll know by whether you can go or not. Mm -hmm. I had a guy uh, years ago. You remember Ian Leach? I know the last name. He's actually pretty big at Moody. He's a guy from uh, Harold's Trust, and he's out of uh, Scotland, I think. I I get Ireland and Scotland mixed up, and all the Irish and Scottish people get mad. Oh, yeah. Never I say that. (laughs) (laughs) But I do get them mixed up. I think he's from Scotland. But he used to come over and speak. So he'd come over. He's actually on the the board for Moody, I think, somewhere. But he would actually come over and speak, and he used to have this rule when he came and spoke. So he came here to Silver Birch Ranch for many years and spoke at either high school camps or family camps. And he comes from Scotland, comes all the way over here, and and did a bunch of things, and never, ever, ever gave us what it would cost to have him come. (laughs) He had this rule. He said, if you pay me too much, I won't give it back. If you pay me too little, I won't complain. <laughs> that was it. We never knew if we were in the right ballpark or not with whatever we did. <laughs> we had no idea because there was no reaction. Yeah. It was, thank you, and he took it. Mm-hmm. And if we invited him the next year, he came and never really knew whether we were okay or not in that area. It sounds that, like you were. <laughs> he, well, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that he honestly meant that. Yeah. yeah. I, I am not going to base what I do on how much you give me. I'm going to base what I do on what I do. Right. And this is what God's given me to do. Mm-hmm. So I'll do it. And I thought, you know, I want to be that way. Mm. And I think that's where one generation can pass some very golden nuggets onto the next, where you watch somebody who has done that. Um, I remember when I was younger in ministry, I went somewhere and spoke, and we were making, I can't remember now, so you have to, I think we were making about, $600 a, a month at this point. And as um, young married couples and trying to get the ministry going, that wasn't very much, but we were okay, we were surviving. And I went and I spoke at a church and the church took a free will, o- free will offering for me. And I remember the offering to this day, it was $700. Mm. 
and they handed me $700 for coming and speaking. And I looked at that money and I thought, you know, my first thought was, hmm. I got to remember what this message was. It brought in oh, an yeah. awful lot of money. <laughs> Bring more dough next time, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then immediately when I thought that, I thought, you creep. Mm-hmm. You know, so here I am, I'm verbally processing with you, my thought process, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. how can you say that? Right. You don't use God's word to make money. That's not what it's about. And I had this argument going on with me because <laughs> this was more than I made in a month. Mm-hmm. And they handed it to me. And I thought, I could go out and speak at churches and do better. And immediately I thought, no, you know what? Since this is a temptation for me right this minute, yeah. I need to commit to God that I will never keep the money that is given to me when I go speak. Mm-hmm. And I haven't till this day. And I mm-hmm. didn't keep that. I, I turned that over to camp. And to this day, if, if somebody invites me to speak somewhere, I say the thing that Ian Leach said, mm-hmm. and I give all the resources back to the ministry, and I don't take any, and I live on my salary. Yeah. And that has been a, a valuable thing to do, because mm-hmm. now it's, I didn't go minister to the poor, to the rich, to, it doesn't matter, because I'm not taking anything. Yeah. And anything they give, I consider it a gift to God and his work. Mm-hmm. And if this group can't, um, pay me enough and I end up having to, you know, take it out of my own pocket or camp's pocket or whatever, okay. If this group pays me way too much, okay. It'll go there and, and in the end I've always found it balances somewhere. Yeah. Some I, other bills are paid. I think that when we're faithful to God in our financial resources that he's gonna bless us. And we went through a, a sermon on tithing, a sermon series on tithing and um, that's something that we've been learning how to do. Like we always you know, heard about it growing up and understand it, but being faithful and doing it and thinking about it, um, we weren't so good at that, but we did that this year. Um, and we've seen a number of blessings because we were faithful. And like, we know that our tithe is maybe not as great as somebody else's tithe, but because we're being faithful in what God mm-hmm. has called us to do, we're seeing, and that's not why you tithe, but a benefit of it quite it is a benefit of it and really it strips it strips you from your desire to be the god Uh, and take god out of his throne by tithing because like we say we we don't make much therefore we don't tithe much but we tithe the 10 percent and above but even then it's it's an act of submission that brings us right with god yeah you know it's interesting i encourage you when you think about any resources anyway that you think in terms of you know god owns them all so Mm -hmm. do you think god owns them all well yeah Act that way. You know, mm-hmm. There we go again. You right. know, it's, it's like, that's just a simple premise. If God really owns them all, and you're walking in the Spirit, and He puts on your heart to give half away what you have, yeah. you'll really be okay. I right. promise you, as an old guy, you'll be okay. Because He'll provide them in another way. Uh, recently, Silver Birch Ranch, is, as you know and you've seen, had a, a terrible storm mm-hmm. that went by. And uh, this was devastating. 36 buildings out of 70 were, were damaged. We had to close for two sessions. We, I mean, it, I've never seen anything like that in all the 50-plus years I've been here. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the first couple of days walking around, I kept bursting into tears looking at the place thinking, mm-hmm. oh, God, this place is a wreck. I mean, it's a total wreck, and it happened in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I thought of the power of God. And this little voice kept going off in my head, though, that said, so what's really changed, Dave? Well, I could list the trees, the cabin, uh, all the unimportant stuff. What's changed? And until I really got in my head that nothing's really changed, that our job is still to know Christ, to make him known, to show who he is, nothing's really changed. 
And you're here about 14 weeks later or so. We're still here. We're still doing our job. There are scars of what mm-hmm. happened, and there are some program areas not open yet, but nothing has really changed. Right. We're still doing what we were put here to do. Our bills are still being paid. It's just a testament, yeah. Yeah, and I could take you through some things, too, that now are fixed that weren't fixed before because the insurance company needed to fix them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and one in particular, our chapel was in big trouble because there was some engineering problems that took oh. place there. And it was getting to be a very big bill, and it ended up that uh, a huge, probably 150-year-old oak tree hit it and, and really knocked it off its foundation to a certain extent. Now, this is a brand-new building, and, and really jarred the building to the point where it's like a $150,000 fix. Now, we just built this thing, and we have an engineering problem. Now we have another problem. And I'm thinking, okay, God, but the good part is is that the insurance company needs to fix it. So they're taking care of all of it and mm. all the re-engineering and all that. And I thought, oh, good move, God. On this. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those where you look at the crisis and you think, oh, man. Yeah. And then if you get a little distance from it, you go, oh, man, mm-hmm. not bad. And I think in life you'll find that that happens quite a bit because whatever, whatever the circumstance in life, yeah. God is willing and able to both teach you through it and to provide for you in a way where it shows who he is. I remember we saw the um, we saw the storm's destruction of the camp, and I remember the first thing I said was, I wonder how God's going to use this. Yeah. It wasn't if God's going to use it, but how is he going to use this? Yeah. yeah. Actually, some great things have happened. Uh, we, we had a full camp there, obviously, and I won't go into that, but there were a lot of workers, and you guys worked here in the summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, all the workers that were here were not here to clean up the storm. Yeah. But now they were. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Job description you know, changed. I mean, any of them could have left, actually. I don't think anyone did, but I think any of them could have. So I didn't sign up for this. Right. You know, to take a bunch of high school and college-age young people and have them cleaning wood for 12 hours a day for two weeks, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I saw from that? I saw for the first time in several years a new generation taking ownership. Mm. Mm that we would have never been able to do. We would not have been able to do that. Yeah. Uh, I saw people come up and share their stories that I haven't heard about what camp meant to them. And again, after being here 50-some years, you're wondering if, okay, does it matter that we're even here kind yeah. of thing. And you hear people coming and sharing their stories. Uh, I'll share a couple with you. There, there's a, a lady, I think you know, um, I won't give you the name on air because I'm not sure if she wants me to, <laughs> but she works with the horses, and she's probably pushing 40 years old now, and she, she basically came up here as a camper and came to know Christ. As a, she told me while she was here this year, her and her dad came up. She was working with the horses, and her dad was helping us clean some of the wood. And she said, you know, when I was 10 years old here, I came up here, and there was a guy singing these Christian songs. He had a mullet, you know. He's, <laughs> and I, I went home thinking, cool, you know, the Christian mullet singing oh, yeah. you know, guy. And she went home, and she sang all the songs. And eventually her dad asked her, what are those songs about? Mm. And eventually her dad became a believer mm. and her mom became a believer and he was here to say, yeah, that's what happened. And um, so I had her actually come in front of the kids because the, the kids, I was teaching it. This is one of the sessions we were hurrying to open for. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and that week we saw over a hundred kids come to Christ. Wow. And it, I mean, that's why we opened. Yeah. 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 Even though several program areas were broken, except we still opened. And at the end of the week, a, a girl came up to me in the dining hall right before she went home, and she said, 
She's 11 years old. She said, Dave, I got to tell you something. Last year I was here, I was 10 years old, and I, I became a believer. I said, yeah. She said, I was in your Bible class with you and Linda, and you kept telling us to take the book home and share it with our parents. Well, I did that, and I took it home, and she said my mom was searching for religion at the time. And I shared with her what was in the book, and she was really interested, so I had to call my uncle, who was a Christian, and have him come over because I wasn't sure of everything that I was mm -hmm. talking about. I, I was sure that Jesus loved me, and I mean, she was a believer, but mm. a new one, and she's 10 years old. Yeah. And so her uncle came over, and her mom came to Christ, and she said, well, before camp, my mom and my brother and my dad, who all became believers this year, were baptized. Hmm. And it's because I came to camp last year. Yeah. And she just looked at me and said, thanks for opening. Hmm. So yeah. it's those things mm -hmm. that you look at and go, wow, thank you, God. Thank you that we're yeah. here, and thank you for the opportunity. I look at you two, and I think, that's the life that you can have. Hmm. You know, I've been able to be in this now 50-some years. And not every, you know, the storm itself wasn't pleasant. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't trade any of it. No. Yeah. I wouldn't trade any of it. And I would promise that you two are in for a, uh, some very tough moments, mm -hmm. but that God won't change what he's about in those tough moments. And you have to realize that. I don't know how people live without that constant. Like I, don't, I, I don't know how. Now, you know one of our staff members that used to be a staff member is dying right now. Mm -hmm. He's on... Uh, they can go to relate365.com and look up the younger older I did with Nate and actually listen to his journey during this cancer. And, and uh, he really, at this taping of this, uh, probably has days left, if that. And I'm telling you, when I'm with him, his countenance and his wife, they're so beautiful. Yeah. And, I'm, and I keep thinking the same thing. How do you do this if all you've got is money and fame and mm -hmm. fortune? How do you do this? Yeah. Yeah, because none of that is helping him now. The only thing that's helping him is God and his wife, his relationship, like the things that last passed. Absolutely. And I think both of those are a good example of what we talked about before, of being the closer you are to the battle, the less you're going to complain. All of the, the, the other things fall to the wayside, and we figure out what is, what is truth. So if we know what truth is, then we know what is important, and we're able to focus on those things and not get distracted by what the world tells us is important. Yeah. And, and you know, you are, you are going to, in life, you're going to do things that you enjoy. And my hope is that the word enjoy becomes something you use for each other. Mm -hmm. That you, and when you think of the other person, that you think, boy, I enjoy that person. Mm -hmm. That's, if you're not doing that, I encourage you, you get with some older people who actually do enjoy each other and ask them, how in the world are you doing this? Oh, yeah. Uh, the second thing is that you use the word enjoy for God, that you enjoy him. A lot of people don't use that. They spend time with God, whatever. Do you, but do you enjoy him? You enjoy the fact that he loves you and that he's your father and that he can provide for you. Do you enjoy the stability that comes? Do you enjoy just being with him? Hmm. And, and again, if you can't answer honestly yes, the question is what do you enjoy? I mean, what is it? If I were to ask you just in general, what do you enjoy? Now, you, you know the answer I'm going for, but if, I mean, do, would the answer be pizza? You know, I mean, <laughs> there's, again, there's nothing wrong with pizza. Mm -hmm. But but the enjoyment mm -hmm. of life yeah. 
is it really going to be, uh, for me, it would be donuts? Yeah. I think there's a distinction between joy and happiness we're talking yeah. as well. Yeah. Happiness is fleeting and joy sticks around. Yeah, but just enjoying, just yeah. enjoying somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you think? If I, if, I, if I say, I want you to go enjoy an hour, what would you want to do? I want to be with my wife because she's super cute. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's good. Difference between a commitment and an arrangement. No doubt you have a commitment. <laughs> yes. And the bottom line really is I, I think genuinely you want to get to the point where a lot of these things are things that you basically use to gauge where you're at. Mm-hmm. If you would rather spend time, you know, watching a football game and eating a pizza yeah. than you would with another person, then you need to ask why. Mm-hmm. Now, there's nothing wrong with enjoying a football game and a pizza. That yeah. is, don't get me wrong in what I'm saying. But what do you really enjoy in life? What is it that you, if everything else, you know, I, I've thought about this recently. A friend of mine came and said, people are um, dying. He thinks they're being raptured by cancer hmm. because so many believers that he knows just have cancer and are dying and you know, and it was an interesting phrase, being raptured by cancer. Yeah. There's, the rapture is taking place through cancer. And I thought, wow. When, when you look at all the people in life that I know now that are suffering something, and um, you ask them, what, do you, what would you enjoy? Well, it's always relational. Mm-hmm. So on their deathbeds, on the time when they, they have nothing in this world, and they... What is it that they would enjoy? Mm-hmm. My mom, when she was on her uh, deathbed, she just wanted my brother and myself around her. She didn't want money. She didn't want a football game on in the background. She didn't care about anything else. She just wanted those that she loved mm-hmm. around her. And someone in your age bracket, I would say, that if you want that moment in life, live that moment now. Yeah. Enjoy having this other person, in your case, Tim or Baya, enjoy having each other in your life and then enjoy God. And when, when you're with your parents, enjoy them. Mm-hmm. And when you're with your brother, enjoy him. I'll try. Whatever, yeah. enjoy them. And instead of being irritated by them, which we can all be irritated by everybody, we look for ways that we enjoy people mm-hmm. and be with them. And uh, celebrate the differences even in, in your life, and you, you'll see well, what happens down the road. Well, I'm proud of both of you. I'm glad you're both in ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you enjoy marriage after six years. <laughs> I am not one that usually congratulates people in a very dramatic way because I don't want it to sound like it's been so tough that good you made it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd rather say, hey, that's cool. This is good. Yeah. Um, and I haven't felt like my marriage has been a burden. So whenever, you know, my 40 years coming up and, and someone said, oh, wow. And I thought, wow. <laughs> Thank you, I guess. It, it's not hard, it seems, for me to be married to Linda for 40 years. That, that wasn't hard. Mm. Um, the, the hard thing is thinking about the day that we won't be married because one of us won't be here. Mm. Yeah. That's the hard part. So I want to enjoy the days that we, uh, we do have together. Well, this has been Dave Wager with Tim and Abaya Brown, and you've been listening to the program we call Younger, Older, brought to you from the studios of Relay365.com here on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. 
We invite you to go look at the NicolaiBibleInstitute.org on the internet or to look at Silver Birch Ranch, which is our um, founding ministry. And you can find that at SilverBirchRanch.org. Thanks. Talk to you again next time.